Well, the most important thing you'll do today is listen to the Word of God. Not what I say, this Word. Let's, uh, if you have a Bible, would you turn with me? We're doing a short series on the Psalms, and today we're looking at Psalm 62. So if you have a Bible, return with me. If you haven't, I think it's probably gone. I don't know. Psalm 62. Just let the Word of God speak to you. You have to listen to the Word of God. My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall never be shaken. How long will you assault a man? Would all of you throw him down? This leaning wall, this tottering fence? They fully intend to topple him from his lofty place. They take delight in lies. With their mouths they bless. But in their hearts they curse. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. Low-born men are but a breath, and the high-born are... But a lie. If weighed and on a balance, they're nothing. Together, they're only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or take pride in stolen goods. Though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken. Two things I have heard. That you, O God, are strong. And that you, O Lord, are loving. Surely you will reward each person according to what he has done. That is the word of God. Well, you know, there are some days, and I hope it doesn't happen, but you think, this is the worst day of my life. Or one of the worst days of my life. Some of you have not lived long enough to have gone to, to, got to a place where you could say that, I hope. But some of you know what I'm talking about. Perhaps it's, I don't know, you were made redundant after all the work you've given for that firm. Or you failed all your exams and you can't do the course you want to go on, the career you want to pursue. Or it may be the doctor says this, this cancer is malignant. I'm sorry about this, it's a severe one. Or it may, it's even worse when they say about your loved one. They've got three months with chemo. Six months. Or it may be you hear from your children. That's the most painful thing. About what they've done or what they haven't done or what's been done to them or, or whatever, you know. Or something you think, and you think this is the worst thing. One of the worst days of my life. Or the door is shut in your face and you think this is the worst day of my life. Let me just give you an illustration of a, a guy called Joshua. Josh, he was a pastor in America. And... Um, because of the stress and the, um, the complexity and the criticism he faced in the church, he, he, he became exhausted and overwhelmed. And he, at last he took refuge in the world of online pornography. 
And one day, his administrative secretary um, was just on the computer, the office computer, and she found this world that her senior colleague had been involved with. She told the the leaders in the church, the other leaders, the lay leaders, it were, and uh, I'm not recommending at all how the lay leadership handled it, but it went like this. The next Sunday morning, as the service began, one of the leaders said to Josh, would you mind if I have a word first? And he said, no. And, and the leader said, we have found that this our pastor has been involved with this obnoxious, this disgusting practice of online pornography. From this moment, he is dismissed from this position. Josh looked up, he looked at his wife and his seven-year-old child. And he at the church and he walked out and he never, he's never, went, never went back there since. Now, that was one of the days when you think, this is the worst day of my life. Now, I guess why I mention all that is because this, I think, as the background of this psalm is David is, is escaping from his son's Absalom. You remember one of his sons, Absalom, had a coup and, and, and declared himself king. This is a game of thrones, if ever there was one. He's declared himself king in Hebron. And this isn't a game. This is a Bronze Age warfare. This is serious stuff. And David has to retreat quickly. And he goes down with his loyal men, down out of Jerusalem, down across the Tsar, the wilderness of the Jordan, across the Jordan. He climbs up towards the hill of Gilead. And he thinks, ah, the shame. This must be one of the worst days in my life. I mean, you know, he could have said, he said, you know, I've been a bad father. I mean, you remember Ammon raped his daughter Tamar and he did nothing. So Absalom took it into his own hands and had Ammon killed and David did nothing. And he could have said, why? And, and then, of course, Absalom was a real charmer. He would have been in a low magazine. He was, he was really a good looker, you know. He, he knew how to de- deceive people. And he won the hearts of the people and David took it for granted and finally Absalom saw his moment and, and he took his men and got to Hebron and declared himself king. Solomon should have been king and would be king. And David knew he has to escape. This, we're not playing games. And he thought, oh, the shame of it, the guilt of it. As a bad father, I made all the mistakes. I took it for granted. And he comes now to Mahanaim and the, in the hill of Gilead. And that's probably the background of this psalm. And let's look at the psalm. And he says, he says, My soul finds its rest in God alone. He doesn't curse God. He doesn't uh, moan. Why has God allowed this? We often say that. Why has this happened? He doesn't say that. He starts to get his thoughts straight. And um, he says, My soul finds its rest in God alone. Actually, the Hebrew is very simple. The Hebrew is, Alone to God, silence my soul. That's all it is. Alone to God, silence my soul. So he stops. That's what you have to do. These days will happen, my friends. I'm sorry about that. In, even in this life. How do, we, how, do we, how do we win through? You stop. That's the first thing. He stops. He stops. And he says, only. 
as I look to God, is my soul resigned, as it were. The key word in the psalm is this little Hebrew word, ach, mean five times, alone or only. This is the only answer, my friends, the living God, only. And he stops in the busyness. After all the hustle and bustle and packing up and leaving in haste, in, the hill of, in Gilead, he stops and he silences his soul. You know, John Wesley and Charles Wesley's mother, Susanna, was a godly woman and she had 10 children. Heaven help her. And, uh, but she, what she used to do is she used to in the morning and they knew, the kids knew, she took her apron and a pinafore and threw it over her head and she was there with alone, alone with the Lord. And that's what you have to do. You have to stop. However you do it, turn everything off, but you have to find a secret place. And he sets his mind and his heart on God. And he says, he is my rock. He senses he has a right to go to God. He senses that because of relations he's had with God in the past. And um, he submits to God and says, well, God, you brought me. I don't understand this. This is horrendous. But he, start, he focused his mind on God. He alone, he says, is my rock. He is my rock and my refuge. David knew a lot about rocks. He was a shepherd. He spent his life as a, as a shepherd for many years. And he'd sit on a rock and watch his sheep and cattle. And he knows that rocks are solid. They don't move. They don't change. And God is the same. He's eternal. He says, that's the first thing, like these rocks. God is unchanging. Not only that, God is stable. He's not, cha- he's not fluctuating. He's not, you know, blown away. Sometimes we are blown away like the wind. And God doesn't change like the wind different directions. And he says, I've built my life on this person, this rock. I've never seen him, but I've built my life on, Jesus, on, on, on God. And Paul's the same. Paul had similar moments. The apostle Paul, and he says, I know this. He that's begun a good work in me. I'm confident this. He that began a good work in me will bring it. Will bring it to completion. And so he focused on this rock. And that's what you have to do. And this rock, this God is not some object in David's universe. He is an object in God's universe. A tiny, tiny object. He gets things in proportion. My soul finds its rest in God alone. And he allows light and insight and perspective to, to come in. You need time. You need silence. He's before this immense God. Slow down. Of infinite power and wisdom and holiness and justice and love and grace and mercy. Beyond all his understanding. He created all the universe simply with a word out of no existing materials. Now, David didn't know like what we know about astronomy, but he knew that of all the th- thousands of stars, he made them all. And he, he's, he's in his presence. He get, he's starting getting things in proportion. He's a little man. <laughs> God is not our service provider, you know. The government says, you can change your, your utility provider. And God is not like that, you know. We sometimes feel he's like that. We, even the words we use are quite arrogant. You know, we talk about we make God our Lord, or Jesus our Lord and Savior. My dear friends, you can't make God anything. He's God. As if we could make him anything. 
In our problems, well, we'll you know, we need a minister of defense. Well, he'll look after us. He'll protect us. Or we need a, a health minister. We know he can minister of health. Or we have problems at home. He can be a home secretary. We, we give him an appointment. We give him a job. He will not enter into any contract with any of you, my friends. But the gospel is that he has entered into a covenant where he initiates with his people. David, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Jesus says to you, but you didn't choose me. I chose you and appointed you that you might bear fruit. Don't ever think, as Richard reminded us earlier, you know, he didn't choose God. God got hold of him. That's the gospel. Praise God. And we acknowledge God, the God of the covenant, who owns owns us by an act of creation. And we said, well, I've got a free will. Well, I wouldn't hold on too much for that. I, I, have a free, I am free to climb the Mount Everest. I have total freedom to do it. But the chances are, I don't think I could do it. Base camp, if I could afford it. But we don't, you know... But the great thing, David has stopped thinking now. He's in the safest place. He's in... He's in the, the, the place, he's on his knees, on this rock. He's in the safe place, and the saint who advances on his knees never retreats. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All of the ground is sinking sand. As the Irishman said, all of the ground is sham rock. That's it, isn't it? That's it. He's on solid ground now. And he says, He alone, that's the key thing of this psalm, He alone. He alone is my rock. But you say, David, how on earth can you? You're an adulterer, David. You're actually a party to murder. You're a useless father. You lose your temper. And you lose your cool and you make bad judgment. How can you stand before a holy God, a righteous God, before whom the very universe is not pure in his sight? But David says it's all to do with one word, this word chesed, loving kindness. So a New Testament word is grace. You know, Moses tried the same thing. And Moses, in his confidence, said to, to God, show me your glory. Show me what you're really like. And God said to him in his grace, I can't do that, Moses. No one can stand in my presence and live. But I'll tell you what I will do. I'll let you see my goodness. I'll tell you what I will do. I will hide you in a rock. I will hide you in a cleft in a rock. So that when I pass by, you will see the end, as it were, the the tail parts of my splendor. And I will show you that I am good. You'll know that in your heart. But no man can see my glory and live. You're only a tiny, tiny, tiny human being. But because I love you and I, I, I want your, your relationship, I'm going to protect you. And that's what he does if we're time to unpack it in Christ. Paul says, I want to be found in Christ. That's the only safe place. God himself protects us from himself. In Christ. You know, last week we, uh, Richard told us about uh, the roller coaster. I, I can cope with roller coasters. What I couldn't cope with once in south of no, Spain was a, 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 thing, a slide you've been on, it, some of you, a kamikaze. The kamikaze thing, you stand, it's about that high, you climb and climb and climb, and you just slide down on this water. 
Absolutely straight down. Absolutely crazy. I couldn't do that. I have to be honest, I came back down the steps. <laughs> I'll tell you why. Now, I, I have no problem with the roller coaster. Upside down, round, no problem. I'll tell you why. Because on the roller coaster, you're, you're yoked in. You're tied in. You're, so you're belted in. When you become a Christian, the roller coaster continues, as we heard last week, but actually you're belted in. You're in Christ. You can go upside down, round and back, from, but you're safe. That's why I don't like the jolly other thing. Because actually, you're free falling. You can tumble and you can roll. And, but in Christ, you're safe, right? But David, why has all this happened? Why are you in this mess? Why are you in Mahanachim now? Why have you let... And David probably would say in his better moments, I'll tell you why. Because my reputation became my rock. My career became my rock. Being a king became my rock. Being a, a father became my rock. Being, I don't know, whatever it is for you. My career is my rock. My intelligence is my rock. My, you know, my quick wittiness, that's my rock. My money is my rock. Or if you do that, my friends you will find that that rock will not support you. It will be sinking sand. And that's what David found. And he said, he is my fortress. I run to him. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Same illustration. You run into this great fortress. When I first, let me say this. When I first met, well, I'll tell you the first day. Young men, this is, this is a secret of how to win a woman. Our first date, Craig knows all about this. Craig knows Edinburgh well. There's a wonderful place called, it's Duncan's Chocolate Factory. Our first date, we met there. I took a party. That, it never fails. (laughs) Never fails. Today, she's still here. (laughs) I still have to provide the chocolate as well. But... uh, the point is, wasn't, that wasn't it. The great thing, at the end of that day, we finished on the Esplanade in Edinburgh Castle. I love Edinburgh. I used to pass it almost daily. That rock, that fortress built on that great volcanic plug in the center of the city. The, the garrison's there. You go into that garrison, you are safe from anybody. The English, even the Scot Nats, you're safe in there. And David says, he is my fortress. Nothing can, uh, nothing can change him. And so David slows down. David slows down in, this, in the hill of Gilead. Because you've got to be a person of God's presence. You see, he's been here before. You remember when in, in 1 Samuel 30, when he, he almost joins the Philistines. And he has a protection bracket going on. And he has a raiding party and all the rest of it. And, and he one day is away from his camp. And the Amalekites come and take his wife and all his goods. And, he, and his, his own men, it says, they were thinking of stoning him. But the great thing is, he says, David found his strength in God. He knew how to find his strength in God. He knew how to find his strength in the word of God. It's not magic. But you say, well, that's it. David could find his strength in God. But I'm not a man of faith. You know, he's a great man of faith. Not at all, my friend. <clears throat> David is a very ordinary man. 
with a very extraordinary call. And every one of you Christians are very ordinary people with a very extraordinary call to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing greater in life than that, my friends. You'll never have a greater call in life than that. And we're just like him. You see, there are none of us who are naturally spiritual or you know, naturally full of faith and deep, profound people. We're not like that. We're sinners, tarred with the, the, the evil of sin and depravity. It's in us all. You're a lot worse than you think, my friends. I mean, look what he says about himself in verse 3. This leaning wall, this tottering fence. Well, I have a fence like this at home. I saw it yesterday. David says... I'm like that. You know, any wind, I could be down. And don't you feel like that? A tottering fence some days, just creaking. And David's like that. And um, some days you think any wind, of any gale that comes, or some phone call, or something, and where am I? We have a few phone calls like that these days sometimes. You know what it's like, parents? Sometimes phone calls come and you think, Ooh, the wind blows and the fence creaks. And uh, if only you knew me. You know, we're naturally very dodgy spiritually. We're not strong people spiritually. Our faiths are very weak. But actually the great thing, it's not great faith that matters, my friends. It's a little faith in a great God. You say, well, I have tiny faith, tiny. I'm not like these great books I've read or these great men of God and women of God. None of us are like that. We have little faith in a great God. That's the only thing. Let me tell you another banal thing. Uh, on the, I was watching, I think it's finished now. There's a program on one of the channels about demolition. Why well, would ever program on the television about dem- demolishing buildings? And our idiots, like some of us, would even watch that. (laughs) But anyway, these great 30-story buildings, offices, hotels, factories. How are you going to knock that thing down? Oh, you need a lot of strength. You don't need a lot of strength. What you do need is a little faith in a little button, apparently. (laughs) They have all the the riggy top with all these, these netting. Not netting, this wiring and, 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 and explosives. And then stand back. And you just, is that all you have to do? That's all you have to do. It's little faith in a great God, my friends. He brings the things down, not you. You can never do it. You just have to be in the right place and trust in him. You see, we'll, we're always going to be under, under some kind of spiritual or emotional or, or mental or physical attack all, all the time. You don't get demobbed from this army till you die. And, and, you know, David talks about the people who are against him in verse 3. How long will you assault a man? Will you throw him down? He's, but he was a king well, a few minutes ago. Now they're throwing him down. People love to topple Christians, to find some secret fault and to, you know, have it in the paper. He was a Sunday school teacher. He was a youth leader. Look at him now. They just love it. To expose the church. They love, they love it on the BBC and the ITV. They love to show you know, the weaknesses of the faith and the weaknesses of all these things. They delighted it. And they attack us in different ways. Oh, they... they, they it's not, it's not um, 
It's no good speaking to their conscience, says David. Says, they, they take delight in lies. They'll do anything, says to topple him. You know, they're envious, they're jealous, they're threatened by your peace, by your security, by your certainty. They don't like it. They call you bigoted and narrow and fundamentalist because you, you have a conviction, a certainty. And... Um, Oh, he says, they're deceitful. He says, with their mouth, they bless. But in their hearts, behind your back, they'll, they curse. They're two-faced. Now, David's not being cynical. He's just a realist. He says, don't put your faith in the wisdom of unbelievers. They're very intellectual. They're very skilled in their job. They very, have great proficiency in their job. But if they're outside the will of God... They're in darkness. And he says that. Even low-born men are but a breath. They're valueless. And the high-born, you can't trust them. They're deceitful. They're a lie. If weighed in the balance, they're nothing like the old-fashioned scales. Actually, as regard moral substance, well, well, together they're only a breath. Yeah, old-fashioned scales, if you blow on them, you couldn't even make the, the lever move. Now, that's not to say we have to love people. But he says, you know, stop putting your trust in these people. And he says, don't trust in extortion. Don't, be like, don't, don't you get to manipulating people. Don't you try that trick. It's the world's trick. Don't take pride in, in stolen goods. You know, we do, people do that. Well, you know, we got it for nothing. We, you know, it's not strictly honest. And, no, don't go down that road, he says. Don't put your trust in money either, in your savings, your investment. Verse 10, though your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. And so finally he says this, I have learned two things. God has spoken to me, look at in verse 11, that you, O oh God, are strong and that you are loving. God is strong enough to care for you this morning. You've come this morning, you're not even, you're not even sure about God. Well, let me, this is God's word. God is strong enough to look after your problems. He's, he's my fortress, says David. I shall never be shaken. My friends, God is in control. He is king. Do not be dismayed. God says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do not be afraid. Wherever you go, I will go. Do not be afraid. God said, he is good, he is good all the time. He is the good shepherd all the time. Psalm says, he will perfect that which is good. Taste and see the Lord is good, he is good all the time. And he's looking over you all the time. He looks after Israel, never slumbers nor sleeps. He looks after you, going out and you're coming. He's watching over you all the time. And he will be victorious. You will not fail, my friends. Christian, you will not fail. Because God is a winner. And he will not fail. He's always victorious. You say, well, I've done terrible things. Well, it's all back to, to grace, isn't it? Do you watch that program? My wife watches this. <laughs> Bear Grylls. Have you seen that? Bear Grylls. Oh, you're the same. I see. <laughs> I mean, this guy is dropped. He's dropped in the middle of some jungle. And he expects the people to live off. Lizards, snakes, bamboo shoots, dirty water, I don't know. And he's a great guy, actually. I have a great admiration for the guy. 
But when he was on Desert Island Disc, this is a great thing. When he was on Desert Island Disc, they, they had eight discs, you know. And he's a, a, a committee Christian. And he said, well, what disc would you take and, to survive on this desert island? Oh, he says, there's no doubt about it. It's only one disc to take. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That's it, isn't it? Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace that brought me safe thus far, and grace will see me home. God is king. David knows that he is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. And so he says in verse 8, Trust in him at all times, O people. Find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. The question, my friends, this morning, as we come to communion, is not whether we're confident or whether we're positive or whether we're faith in ourselves, but whether our life is on that rock, which is God. That's the answer. That's the answer. And he will never let you go, no matter what you do. He will never let you go. Let's go back to this chat that we started, Josh, just to tell you the story how it ends. He has to go into another town. And he's out of work, and so he finds a job as a security officer at night, and then he works in a hotel, to cut a long story short. Somebody's old church, a girl called Lynn, God puts on a, a heart to, to go and find him. She goes to find him. She looks through many restaurants in his next city. She finds him. She goes up to him and says, do you remember me? I was a member of your church. And he, yeah. She says, I have a message from God for you. And his eyes, he, he looks up and... Uh, and uh, he says, um, what is it? Well, she says, God, God is, do- is not done with you yet, Josh, she says. This is not the final scene in your life. God wants to restore you and to use you to show his grace and mercy to others. And she hands him a big check. That is an investment in your next church. After This is, this is 18 months after that incident in the church he goes on a counseling course he's, he's restored and all the rest of it he plants a new church for people who can come who can come and find the grace of God after they've blown it God doesn't sponsor flops my friends and, and that's, he's not sponsoring you to fail he will not fail because he's, he's our rock he's our fortress and that's, and that's really what it's, what it's about. And David says, finally, as we, he says, my hope is in God. You know, the, the, do you remember those two people as they came from Jerusalem? They came from Jerusalem after Jesus had uh, died. And Jesus drew alongside them. Jesus drew alongside them. And they said, you look miserable, what's up? He said, Have you, are you the only person who's not heard what's happened in Jerusalem? About Jesus of Nazareth, a man mighty indeed in word? No. Well, they said, we had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. He, he would put Israel us back on track in God's center. And because he opened the scriptures to them. He opened the scriptures to them. And they, and they said, Let's, let me stay with you. And so they, they had a meal. And as they, as they, as, 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 as they broke bread, their eyes were opened. And, um, and as we now break bread, let God will open your eyes. That God hasn't finished you yet. You, you, you know, we, that, that he's with you. He'll never leave you, forsake you. See, I go to the doctor. The doctor says to me, 
and said, well, what is it? What do I need? Well, he says, you need this physiotherapy to, for this condition you've got, right? Then you need these tablets for your stress, yeah, right? Then you need this stuff for your rash, right? Then you need stuff for your eyes, right? And he goes on. He said, I'll see you in a month's time. Christianity is not like that. Do you, do you come to church, see you next week. No, no. Jesus says, where's your car? I'm coming with you. I will never leave you, forsake you. I will be with you and I shall be in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. I've been crucified with Christ, says Paul. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The essence is, he goes out with you. He goes out with you. He will never, ever leave you. Never. And he goes out with you. (laughs) And David says, surely, you know, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. You may be stirred, but you won't be shaken. And as the old song, I'll abuse an old song. You know, the Rockies may tumble, Gibraltar may tumble. They're only made of clay, but the love of Jesus is here to stay, my friends. That's it. Paul says, trust in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Paul says, I find my rest. Sorry, David said, I find my rest in him alone. And as we come and break bread, say, Lord, speak. I put my life in your hands.